Well, hello and welcome to the 4G Podcast. My name is Kyle Parks and I'm here with... I'm Pastor Brian. All right. And Kyle, this... tell us a little... I wanted you to host this, so talk yeah. a little bit about your vision for this because it kind of started with you and kind of migrated Chad and AJ and Mainspring. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I started listening to podcasts maybe a little over a year ago and there's just so many out there and there's a lot of good content mm -hmm. out there. And when we're thinking and dreaming about different things coming up and the opportunity to mm -hmm. finish the studio up here at the church, it only made sense to be able to put more content out there for our people. More and more people are engaging online. Mm -hmm. They're using that um, to grow spiritually by listening to pastors and, and different leaders um, share and sermons and discussions and mm -hmm. interviews. And so why not do that here as mm -hmm. well? Another resource for our people to equip them and to share that with their friends and family. Mm -hmm. It really is in your wheelhouse with discipleship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm looking forward to this and it should be a great conversation. And this is our first full episode and so Pastor Brian and I are just going to be kind of talking a little bit today about worldview because we just started our Unshaken and Unashamed series, All Church Emphasis. Pastor Brian, you gave a great message this past weekend on worldview, and I think it really helped our people understand uh, their beliefs, where they've come from, the things that they believe from Scripture and what they've gleaned from the church and all that, but also the things that can also easily infiltrate our minds and hearts from the world and the culture and from social media and uh, just from different avenues like that. And so I think it really helped our people just start thinking more and more about that. And so what was your experience just being on stage there and kind of seeing our oh. people react? Like I shared with staff uh, yesterday and with the deacons last night, uh, I don't know that I've ever been part of three services like that because mm. the spirit was so tangibly at work in there. Our people came eagerly. They came wanting to hear and listen. And we made the point that if your worldview doesn't come from the Word, it will by default come from the world. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that had traction with people. They were like nodding and thinking through. And as the, the message continued, I started with having, I put on different colored glasses to show our our worldview is like the lens through which we view our world. And we're around so many different worldviews today. And, and then at the end, just giving a challenge for salvation or for surrender. Uh, while Nicole played I mm -hmm. Surrender All and sang, it, it was so moving. I, I thought a handful of people might stand. Mm. There were hundreds of people who yeah. stood yeah. over all three <laughs> services. And yeah. Uh, so I, I, I could barely talk afterwards. I, I couldn't even put it into words, uh, and I still kind of struggle uh, to do that. Mm. What, what were some of your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a really moving service. I think people were very engaged. And I want to come back to the everything that happened at the end, but I think starting off with the, mm -hmm. the worldview glasses, I think that that visual that resonates with people because – people do that, we don't even realize we're doing mm. that with the different beliefs that we have about, you know, when it comes to, to politics or being conservative or liberal, or when it comes to having the rose-colored glasses or kind of being cynical about the world. 
And people might think that that's just something that they feel from time to time, but maybe those different ideas have really infiltrated them and they've become more and more like that. Mm. And they don't even realize it yeah. until they're, um, they're faced with um, an, either an opportunity or they're faced with everyday life challenges mm-hmm. and that anger comes out right. or that frustration or um, an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody and they're yep. stuck, don't know what to do or say. Or spending habits, right? Right. Or it could how be people anything. spend their time. Yeah. It's like, well, what's behind this? What's yeah. my view of the world here and and how is that affecting or the other thing we discussed is how a lot of people are searching for pleasure, mm-hmm. want to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Right. And in order to do that, some people are, you know, choosing substances or experiences. And and as we were going through that, I, I could sense that was resonating with people. Not only do we know people like that, but but honestly, we all have a propensity for that, right? We want to yeah. be happy and we don't want to be sad and those kinds of things. and Yeah, so in some of the teaching I've done since your message, you know, I've always kind of closed it out with this question. Do your actions line up with your beliefs? Mm. Do your actions line up with your professed beliefs? Mm. Because that's so huge. We can say all day long that we're Christians and we're followers of Jesus. But if our actions don't follow that, then what is the world going to think? What's that neighbor or friend or family member going to think when we Maybe talk about God here and there, but then when life happens and tough times come, and do we actually still live out that same faith that we mm-hmm. talk about? Do we practice mm-hmm. what we preach? And if we don't behave accordingly, do we really believe it? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. it's like, well, what do I believe? That does get demonstrated through how I behave. Mm-hmm. And if I'm behaving more worldly, maybe that reflects that my worldview is kind of messed up, that I need to check. I need to put different glasses on, if you will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, some of the things, the questions I brought up with um, the, the people we're kind of talking to and teaching um, since the message was just asking uh, questions about their interactions with people um, in person, online, um, you know, helping them to to really think through what they say, asking good questions of people, doing it by sharing truth and love with people. Mm-hmm. We tend to, you know, uh, go towards one or the other more so, more, you know, love rather than less and, and less truth or too much truth and not enough love in the sense that we kind of bash people over yeah. the head with that. And um, just encouraging people to have good conversations where they ask questions and and they, they give good answers. But then also not wasting their time commenting over and over and arguing with people on Facebook yeah, and social right. media. That right. that rarely goes anywhere, does no, it? No, right. <laughs> you hardly hear anybody give their testimony like, I was argued into the kingdom, right. or this Christian was a jerk to me and now I'm a believer. Right. It doesn't work that way. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, yeah, good questions that came up, and I think asking those five worldview questions on origin, identity, meaning, morality, destiny, that really gets people thinking through their beliefs, but then also, how did I come to these uh, these professed beliefs mm-hmm. of mine? Mm-hmm. Did they come from a biblical Christian worldview, or am I gleaning things from the culture, mm-hmm. and have those things kind of gotten into my 
my heart? Have they mm-hmm. kind of started changing my thinking on certain things? Or has the culture infiltrated my, my mind and now I'm kind of thinking that way, maybe even subconsciously and don't even yeah. realize it? Yeah, it hits me. One of the discussion questions, we have our growth group. We're recording this on Wednesday. We have our growth group on when, tonight. And one of the questions I can't wait to get to is the question related to that is, what kind of amalgamation of worldviews do I have in mm-hmm. my own life? Because yeah. we, we can pick and choose. It's kind of like a salad bar theology. We might not even know. And some of those are inconsistent. You, you really can't hold different worldviews um, without kind of checking out of logic, right? Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to our discussion on that one. Um, and the other thing that hits me, Frank Turek said, you know, years ago, people were on a truth quest, and now people are on a happiness quest. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wanted to ask you that question. You're, you're very, you've read a lot in apologetics. How do we approach people today if their primary drive is happiness mm-hmm. and not truth? How does that change how we communicate to them? Well, I think asking people questions when it comes to what makes them happy, I, I think is, is good because sometimes people think that this certain thing will make me happy, but then often it might do so for a mm. while, but then eventually we cast that thing off or move on mm-hmm. to something else, whether that's a pleasure, a possession, a person, and then we try to find something or someone else to fill that, and then that thing, once again, is going to eventually let us down. I'm not saying that certain things can't make us happy or be pleasurable for a while. I think people find that in different hobbies and different things that they engage with. But eventually, if we were made by God, if we were made for God, those things are going to let us down. And we're eventually going, I believe, to feel that emptiness. Mm. We're going to feel that void mm. because of that God-shaped hole in us. And and only God can truly fill that void. And I love the quote from Augustine, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Mm-hmm. And until we find our rest in God, we're always going to feel that, uh, that, that, that tinge of unhappiness, always wanting more, um, always wanting kind of that next thing, the next high or whatever that thing uh, might be. And so we just have to be careful that we don't fall into that trap as believers as mm-hmm. well. Kyle, I love your approach there. So if somebody's primary purpose to live is to be happy, ask them questions, mm-hmm. engage with them, because truth ultimately is what they're after, yeah. even though they might not be that on the surface, Yeah. right? Um, yeah, that that's really good. I, I referenced a book some time ago called Questioning Evangelism, mm-hmm. and it's how we use questions with people and asking those respectfully instead of arguing or trying to win a battle, right? And prove that we're right and they're wrong. Yeah. 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 Another thing we've been kind of working through with some different groups I've been leading is just uh, helping our people, again, just be careful not to just fall into the trap of believing and thinking like the culture around them. And these messages... Uh, can kind of take over in us if we're not careful, Mm -hmm. if we're not filtering everything through a mind that is found in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, we reference these verses and then also in discussion, guys, not to be taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit. Mm -hmm. According to the traditions of men, the elemental principles of the world, we see that in Colossians 2.8. We also see 
passage in 2 Corinthians uh, 10 as well, just to be able to, to, to make sure we're fighting against those things. That we capture our thoughts, yep. take them captive, yeah. instead of being held captive mm-hmm. by things in the world. Yeah, but there's this new term now that uh, Carl Truman uh, kind of started using called expressive individualism. Hmm. And it's basically, we're, we're making ourselves our own God. We're, we're now looking within ourselves to find out what is right and true and good. We become our own authority and and mm. our lives these days. And and that's what the messages of the world are telling people. And I think many believers are falling into that that trap as well. And so there's different things I think we need to do to to fight against that and just make sure we're not um, falling into that. At first, obviously, is just being in uh, scripture and God's word and uh, making sure uh, we realize Jeremiah 79, the heart is deceitful, of all things desperately sick, who who can understand it? And if most people are saying you're, you know, innately good and your heart will lead you in the right direction, just follow your heart. That's all you need to do. If we start believing that, then we're going to do that. And we'll start going down that that same path that the world is. But uh, we need to make sure that we're following uh, what we see in scripture, uh, following Jesus and uh, his plan for our life and mm-hmm. not where our own heart is taking us and unfortunately deceiving us into different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the, the part that hits me and kind of go back to this weekend is until we're fully surrendered, we will take on the values of the world, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just an intellectual thing. How do I think clearly? It's it's a decision of my will to surrender my life, my body to him as a living sacrifice. And and that's what we saw this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, I think see, that was a great way to, to finish up things. Yeah, I, I think so. And and to just anchor that message on Romans 12, 1 and 2, that, that if we're interested in knowing God's will, well, then we have to surrender our bodies to him, right? Mm-hmm. If... If we say we want to worship, well, that verse 2 defines worship as the giving of our bodies, right? Mm-hmm. If uh, that verse talks about be don't be conformed to the world, verse 2, but be transformed. And um, what hit me about that word transformed is when it's used in 2 Corinthians, it's, it's to gaze on the glory of God. Mm. And so it's not like do these five things and you'll be transformed. It's see God for who he is, mm. see him as big and mighty, kind of what you and I've talked about with Kevin DeYoung's approach, approach yeah. right? That we worship a big God. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, our God is too small. Uh, so uh, believer, as you're looking to be transformed and not conform, spend time in God's word, worship uh, corporately with God's people, uh, listen to scripture, um, listen to podcasts, anything you can do mm-hmm. uh, to grow in your understanding of who God is. Yeah. And when we see God as big and mighty, then we see like, uh-oh, I'm selfish, I'm self-centered. Uh, kind of like when you you preached through um, Isaiah 6 some time ago, mm-hmm. and when Isaiah saw God in his majesty, he's like, woe is me. Uh, you know, I'm a man of unclean lips, but if we don't see God as big and mighty, then we will live selfless, selfishly mm-hmm. and just live for ourselves. And that's what hit me this past weekend with so many people standing. Now, I don't mm-hmm. know people's hearts. I barely know my heart. But talking to people afterwards, there was this sense of joy coupled with tears in people's eyes. And 
and just uh, a determination to chase after God. And uh, I'm, I'm just thrilled with that. And Yeah, and hearing from different people, and whether in person or sending in emails or messages, you know, I heard several people say the Spirit of God yeah. was really working yeah. and moving here. Maybe even heard that word revival. Yeah. That seemed to come up a few times too. Yeah. And so it's obvious that God is working and moving here, and it's it's so good uh, to be a part of that and a ch- part of a church mm-hmm. where God is working and moving mm-hmm. because not all churches get to experience that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all his work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, John 3, 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. And we've been praying for revival. Lord, would you revive us again that we might rejoice in you? And uh, so we don't want to manipulate. We mm. don't want to be emotional. We don't want to conjure up quote, revival, but nor do I want to get in the way Mm. of what the Holy Spirit wants to do as he blows through our lives, purifying us and cleansing us, and as he blows through this church and all churches in the Quad Cities and around the globe. Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. And I was just thinking, I think about this often with our focus of living on mission. If our people are fully surrendered to Christ, they've offered their bodies as living sacrifices, and they're seeking to love their neighbors, get to know their neighbors, living it out at home, living on mission in their workplace, on their campus, in their uh, in their, their child's uh, baseball, softball, soccer leagues. If mm-hmm. we just live on mission, the whole Quad Cities would be different, mm. right? And if if we live like God has called us to live with a view of the world like he's given us that can only come from his word. Yeah, I often tell people that whether you like where you are right now, uh, whether that's where you live, your workplace, your school, just realize and find comfort in the fact that God has you exactly where you are for a specific purpose. And part of that is to share the good news with yeah. people. You and, said that just recently in, in maybe one of the last sermons, right? Yeah, in I think Babylon? so. Yeah, that, maybe. That context of being yeah, in even Babylon? Yeah, even, even being in a difficult place, and that's the last place you want to be. You want to be somewhere else. Like, just realizing that's where God has you, and He's placed you there, and the and that circle of influence that you have on the people around you, the classmates, the coworkers, your, your family, your neighbors, that's a big one. Uh, our neighbors often are people, unfortunately, we avoid the most, even though they live the closest to. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. And so I think we just have to train our people <laughs> to just put yourself out there and get to know people and love them and um, share that truth and love with people when the opportunity arises. Um, but just find comfort in the fact that God has you where you mm. are for a reason. If I could take on that, Kyle, and um, so we're... You know, many times you, you hear people say that America is God's chosen country, mm-hmm. right? And, and I don't really want to talk about that now, except to say this. The Bible says we're exiles, mm-hmm. that we're strangers. So it should always, if it feels a little bit uncomfortable to live with a Christian worldview, that's how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to be at home here. We're, we're called to live as exiles, mm-hmm. and, and we're, really, we're really living in Babylon right now. Our culture is more like Babylon than anything else. So true. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, So, Kyle, this was week one, why worldview matters. And 
Um, I, I I remember talking to you probably over the the years just about the storyline of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. It's often referred to as a meta narrative, or a, a word that I um, heard this week when I was studying is mega narrative mm, or grand story of the Bible. What, what is that? Well, I think it's good to see the Bible in that lens, through that lens, through that in that context, because most people think the Bible is just a collection of different stories. You have kind of the Old Testament with the Jews and kind of their story, and then you have the story of Jesus coming, and then you have the early church kind of doing their thing. And hmm. But realizing that it all is one overarching meta-narrative, it's all one story that God has used, and we don't just read it bit by bit. We should read it as a, as a whole. Yeah. So encouraging people, it's amazing how many people when I've talked to them about how their worldview changed, their lives changed when they just started reading the whole Bible, <laughs> like as a whole, whether starting in Genesis or having some sort of chronological Bible reading plan. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many stories of of people just saying, "Oh, you know, often when I'd read the Bible, I know I'm supposed to, so I'd just you know kind of pick it up and open it and read maybe a Psalm or something to bring comfort or whatever that might be." But then when we kind of take ourselves out of it and realize the whole story of the Bible is about God and it's about his glory and realize we just play a small part yeah, in it. He's the hero. It's right. not us. It's not us. Yeah. We, we tend to focus on because Jesus came to save us up from our sins, yeah. died on the cross and rose again. We, we tend to try to make it about ourselves. But man, that's just one part of this grand story. And in this day and age, you know, there's not... Um, an understanding in our culture that everybody believes in God anymore. Back 40, 50, 60 years ago, most people had an understanding, belief in God, or uh, maybe even said they were Christian. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just start with Jesus now coming to earth. You have to start with the very beginning and the fact that we believe there is a God who created all right, things. Right. And with conversations with people, that's where you need to start showing them that there is evidence that there is a creator God. Mm -hmm. There is evidence and creation around us in nature that he has formed and made that we can look to and point to. And that's just one of many evidences. We obviously have um, the story of the Bible, scripture as we're talking about now, but there's so many great apologetics that we can uh, use to help give a defense Mm -hmm. for the the hope that we have in in Jesus. And, And so I know there's God used, and maybe you know these numbers a little better, uh, but how many different authors over the course of however many different years? 40, 40 different authors over the- 1,500 years. Yep, 1,500 yeah. years. And there's somehow some overarching <laughs> right. grand story. So right. obviously God was working Absolutely. in and through those people who wrote that by yeah. his spirit. Yeah. And and this weekend, if if you're listening to this podcast before week two in our series, uh, we're calling it the real reality, and uh, there's there's an overarching flow, right? It starts with creation, and God is the creator, and then you get to Genesis chapter three, and catastrophe hits, corruption, we could call it. So start with creation, and then corruption, and there's a lot more that takes place, but but we wanted to just put this in four acts. So, mm-hmm. and they all start with the letter C. The the third one would be Christ. 
right? All of that pointing to Christ. And then finally, consummation. So you focus on the last two chapters of Genesis when it all comes together, God's recreation. And if we can retell the narrative with those four main points, it will really help. And that's what the Apostle Paul did. Mm -hmm. He's in Athens, which had a whole bunch of worldviews, right? Pagans and Epicureans and Stoics. And what does Paul do? Well, he compliments them, he identifies, he affirms some things that he can affirm, but then he takes them to creation. Mm -hmm. He takes them to creation, which I find fascinating. And then when he talks about Christ, he doesn't hold back. He's like, he was raised from the dead and you're all going to be accountable, so you better repent. Mm -hmm. So as we're talking about this, we're not, we don't want to water down to connect with people, mm. but we need to connect. So we need to find those connect points relationally, like you talked about, asking questions, loving people. Paul said, I see that you're very religious in every respect. He's saying, hey, you, you're in a religious culture. And he said, let me, and you're worshiping this unknown God, the, the God that you worship who's unknown to you. Let me tell you about him. Mm -hmm. well, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's our focus this weekend and how we can go from week one on, on why worldview matters to how do we begin to communicate the story of God, the narrative of the Bible to people who have diverse worldviews so that we can share the gospel with people. I love that you're going to be in Acts 17, one of my favorite passages in Scripture, just how Paul understands their culture. And he's he not even from there, but he was uh, he's a student of culture. Like, so he understood the people that he was sharing the gospel with. And you'll see Paul throughout his ministry um, using different means and yeah. asking different questions and and. And going about it in different ways. And so the gospel message is always the same. Right. Right? But then the context, it's called contextualization. How you share it in that different context, that is what's important. Mm -hmm. That's what's key. And I think, and we can get into this more next week, so I'm excited about this. But the fact of the story of, uh, of creation, uh, creation, fall, redemption, um, and consummation, that whole idea, that... That story, so many other stories uh, have taken that same kind yeah. of uh, formula, for back, yeah. lack of a better word, uh, to create stories today. Every, every story today has a, a beginning, but then there's that conflict that has yeah. to take place. Yeah. And then there has to be some sort of resolution. There has to yep. be something that happens where whether it's good versus evil, there has to be someone that comes in and, and kind of saves the day type of thing. And then there's going to be some sort of climax and, and, and kind of an ending there that ties everything together. But the story of Scripture is the greatest story ever told. It is. And every good story kind of follows along that yeah. same type of because line. Because it's reality. Exactly. Right? Exactly. The, the other stories might not be reality. They might be make-believe. Mm -hmm. It might be a, a fable mm -hmm. where, where you have, you know, the start off good and, and then what our problem is and the solution and how it resolves. But Chris, like you're saying, it's the best story ever because it's a true story and it's the ache in our heart. I know mm -hmm. Greg Kukul talks a lot about how... Um, sometimes people will say, uh, you know, the problem of evil, Christianity doesn't have a good answer mm. for the problem. Ah, it's just the opposite. Mm. 
We have that answer. The answer is sin. That's evil, and the solution is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you have His redemption and leading to the recreation of everything. And so this this weekend we're going to spend some time talking about that. And my and my prayer is that believers will be encouraged in their own faith, where maybe even an aha moment, like oh. Now I get the Mm, overarching, now I see where Moses fits in here, Mm -hmm. right? Or where the covenants fit or the new covenant. If you understand those four big movements of of creation and then uh, catastrophe and Christ and consummation, uh, everything makes sense. And then secondly, it will help us tell that narrative to others. So that we learn from Paul, start at creation. Mm-hmm. Is that popular today? No. <laughs> but you got to start with who God is, or you'll never get to our problem, which is sin. And then, because if we just start with Jesus, people are like, why? Why right. do I need Jesus? Right. Yeah. And so uh, this weekend, well, that's what we're going to be focused on. So we don't want you to miss out on that. But before that even takes place, we have the seminar, the Faith and Reason Seminar this Saturday from 8.30 to noon, and this is with Rick Magoo, a local apologist. So he's gonna be giving four sessions on apologetics and worldview and understanding why we, what we believe, why we believe it, and just giving a, a defense for those beliefs yeah. and doing it in a, in a loving and, and kind and gracious way. And there will be time for uh, questions and answers. We're gonna have our bookstore set up from 10 of those in the fireside area, which will be available all weekend long. So you do not want to miss out on this weekend uh, for the seminar and then the services uh, as well. Anything else we have for yeah, us today, let, Brian? Let me add, Kyle, on that. You might be listening to this podcast later, mm-hmm. right? Because we're just putting this out. Right. Um, and you're hearing us talk about faith and reason. That's going to be archived. So you'll be able yes. to get to that from edgewoodbaptist.net. Um, and, I think, and then all of the sermons in this series you can get as well online. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we want to thank you for tuning in to our first full episode. Brian, thanks for being here. And uh, Dave, thank you as well. And um, it's uh, it's been a joy, a pleasure, and I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening. And we'll be back here next week uh, about the same time. We'll see you next time. <laughs>